You are now listening to Couch Coach Live. All right, so we're back here on another edition of Couch Coach Live. We're here once again. Of course, I'm joined by my boy, Bear. What's going on, Bear? Uh, nothing much, man. Nothing much. Super Bowl weekend, buffalo chicken dip, celery, and spinach dip, and angry orchard beer. Woo-hoo! <laughs> word, word. Yeah, man, Super Bowl week, of course. And you know what's so funny? Because normally every year, you know, just about, you know, we've been, I've been doing this for, for quite some time. Every year we always have, you know, the, the, the big story is the, is the Super Bowl. So, of course, we, you know, we figured going into Super Bowl week, that was going to be the prevailing theme. But lo and behold, your boy Rich Paul drops a bomb to, 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 to Woj on, on Monday morning at 6 o'clock in, in the morning and pretty much said that, hey, Anthony Davis wants a trade. He basically wants to go to a team that can contend for a title and that, that consistently wins. So what, what a way to steal Super Bowl week, of course. So, um, what are your thoughts on just the whole thing of Anthony Davis being traded, and what do you think the best fit for him will be? Um, I think the best fit for him is the Lakers, and pretty much LeBron's pretty much a shit at night in the NBA. Because think about it, he, he pretty much got his own sports agency tied to the best-tier players that's in the league. Then he tried to get them on his team. That's some dirty stuff, man. But if Anthony Davis wants out, he wants out. I mean, to be honest with you, be honest with you, he deserves to be a, a better, a better franchise. Because think about it, he's a good, he's a great player. He he can give you twenty eight points a night, ten rebounds a night. I mean, <laughs> he he can score, he can rebound, he can defend. He can shoot the mid-range shot. He deserves to be on a winner. He he definitely does. But I don't like the way that he went about it. I think I think he should personally say he wanted to trade it instead of having his agents in it because now it may seem like it's pretty much a big setup from the jump. And I also hear rumors that Kyrie wants to play with LeBron again. What you think about that? And, you know, and, and it's so funny, like, I'm, and that's why I tell, I say this all the time, where LeBron James is very methodical in his approach. Like, I always tell people, the whole thing the other day when he's on his, out, on his, um, his IG story, he's, you know, he's tagging, Le, tagging Kyrie Irving, you know, in a, in a song. Like, you know, so I'm like, okay. Like, he, like, LeBron does stuff that is calculated, like, he he does this type of stuff, and it's almost like he he knows what he's doing. Like he he's strategically doing this, and you know what? And the crazy thing about it is, this it's a distinct possibility, because when you think about it, if they do this trade, you know, and we're thinking that they do it with the Lakers, they'll still have enough money to get Kyrie, which is the most right. bizarre thing. And right. it's like, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And I'm also hearing that Clay Thompson, if he doesn't get max contract and go to state, he's gonna go to he wants to go to Lakers too. So I, right. And that's and I and I find it so fascinating how and th- and this is how the league is, like where like you like you like you said earlier, the whole thing with LeBron being the master orchestrator of you know, of this current of this current NBA wave where, you know, 'cause we've had like Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce and Ray Allen kinda of do this ten years ago. But now I think we they've took it now to the to the very next level, and it's you know and it's and there's nothing wrong with it. But like you said, all this is calculated. Anthony Davis fires his agent last summer. Who does he hire? Rich Paul, Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, and we all know that Rich Paul is LeBron James, one of LeBron James' best friends. So, like you said, all this stuff happens, and then I just find it convenient that they're doing this at this particular time. Because you think about it, the trade deadline is a week away. So basically, that was Rich Paul saying, hey, Magic, you got 10 days to make this happen. Because basically, I think even if, if they have to, the Lakers have to do this trade, because I think if they don't do this trade, they're going to have better suitors. And, with, and, and I'm thinking like the Boston Celtics. 
So it's very imperative for them to get this deal done in a week because I don't really think they can actually get it get it done considering the fact with Boston. I mean, they have the, – the beauty with Boston is they got just about anything that you would want in return for Anthony Davis. You got the youth. You got a guy like a Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum might be throwing the deal. You also got – they got draft picks. I mean, and also they got a couple of veterans that might – can you know can that could possibly fit into that mold or they or they can ask for versus the Lakers where you really you're just gonna get youth essentially you you know of course getting um I would I would assume Cal Kuzma Ingram I mean they probably have to get rid of most of their young nucleus to you know to pull off this trade so everything is very strategic coming out of LeBron James camp. Yeah, it's been, he been doing this for years. He been doing this since he's with the Cavs twice. When he's with Miami, well, Wade recruited LeBron to come to Miami, and LeBron recruited Bosh to come with him also. But he he know what he's doing. I mean, Lakers have a large salary cap, but Boston have the most assets to get Anthony Davis. I mean, you got Jalen Brown, you got Rozier, inspiring contract. You have, uh, they're not going to trade Tatum. I, don't, I think they're going to keep Tatum. You got uh, uh, Morris' brother, Al Horford. You have Gordon Hayward. You have way more assets in Boston to get Davis in Boston. But I think, I mean, personally, I think Kyrie goes to the Lakers next year. And I think uh, Anthony Anthony Davis might possibly go to the Lakers. So we're going to have to wait and see, but they pretty much trying to take down the juggernaut and go to state. Yeah, that thing is going to ultimately happen where Anthony Davis can get there because I think it's more imperative for them to do it now because to me, at this point, if I'm the Lakers, I'm thinking to myself, I can still contend this year because I'm only two games behind in the um, – and you know, in the in the in the last part in the in the West. But what I find interesting, like you said, it's going to have to be a third player because I think ultimately it's telling with this injury with LeBron. Like where you know, when we thinking now, he's missed basically a month with this injury. And then I'm not trying to trying to say that it's a possibility that it could happen again. You know, because he's, he's he's 34, so a lot of stuff can possibly happen again where. LeBron may not be as productive as he's been in the past. I mean, Father Time is undefeated. So to me, like you're saying, you have to get that third piece in a guy like a Kyrie to kind of make it work. Because I don't think if I'm, if you know, if he, in, you know, Anthony Davis saying he wants to be with a, a consistent winner, but like you might have a situation that once again that pop up with LeBron and you know with with that injury again or anything can happen where he can miss a substantial amount of time. And to me, I'm like, eh, you know, and it's just weird. And like you said, even going back to the Kyrie point where he said, well, I, I called, you know, I called LeBron and pretty much, you know, apologized. And, you know, as far as giving him an advice about, you know, about the about the team that he is in now. And I think there is some dissension in that because if I'm a young player or anybody that's there, like we talked about it last week, I mean, how can how can you say, you know, how can you say those type of things and with this type of team that made the Eastern Conference Finals without you? They damn near went to the Finals without you. So it's like, how how dare you say something like that? And it's like, and that sounds like it's, gonna, it's a riff. So it's like, I don't know if it's going to be one of those things where it can be repaired or not. Yeah, I mean, because Boston have enough talent on their team to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie. They they have Tatum, you got Rosier, you got Jaden Brown, you got Gordon Hayward. You got you got you got enough young nucleus in Boston to to make it far. Yeah. And, and yeah, and like I even like there was an interesting um trade scenario with the Pelicans that actually were involved the Chicago Bulls. Which I thought was very interesting. Um now of course I think well, um I know for certain I think it involved Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, and Hart, I think. And Chicago would have would get Lonzo Ball. And, of course, the Pelicans would get Chris Dunn, um, Jabari Parker, and, you know, a couple things like draft picks 
from the Lakers, and I think even with the Bulls, like a second-round pick in 2020. So I thought that was very interesting, especially if they put Lonzo Ball in that Pelicans trade, where I don't think he, you know, and they already said, his camp basically said that basically I'm not going to New Orleans because, you know, I want to start. I want to be the starting point guard of a team. And he wouldn't be there, of course, with Drew Holiday. So I'm like, that's be interesting to have a guy like Alonzo Ball coming to Chicago. I was like, I actually like that kind of deal, you know. That's like, I actually like that. I mean, he, to me, a lot of people they they kind of don't like Alonzo Ball, but I'm like, I, he's solid. He's a solid player. He got a good basketball IQ, and I think and I think he, you know, in you know, in he's you know, uh, you know, a pass first point guard, and you know, he got finishers on in Chicago. So it's like, I think it'll be a win win for him. Yeah, it doesn't be a win-win. And then you kind of still keep your nucleus. You keep your your core with Lauren Marketing, um, Zach Levine, and Wendell Carter. So of course that, and then coupled with you know who's to say you might stumble upon uh, R.J. Barrett or you might stumble upon a Zion Williamson, and you know you you might have a you know a team to reckon with in the future, and all are very very young. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, I'm I'm kind of rooting for that that three way deal. I think that would be very interesting. And they and they said Lonzo Ball would love to come to Chicago. So hey, you know, yeah, it'd be a fresh start for him. Very fresh start. And he's in a you know a, the third largest largest market. So, you know, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about this um the, the um All Star game now. Of course, the All Star game starters was announced um last week. Now of course, in the East you had Kyrie Irving, Kimball Walker, Kawhi Leonard, the Greek Freak, and Joel Embiid. What are your thoughts on the Eastern Conference um start lineup? And also that and then would would this team could that Eastern Conference starters could they beat the Golden State Warriors? Um. I think they could because you got Giannis, he can guard Durant. You got Kawhi Leonard, they can uh, guard Clay Thompson. You got Joel Beat, which is a solid big. And you got Kyrie Irving and you got Kevin Walker. It would definitely be a tight matchup. It would possibly go seven games. But it's, they definitely they definitely have a strong possible, possibility of beating that Golden State, Golden State team. Definitely, I think so too. I, I really, I, I really think that the East could give them a run for their money, because like you're saying, the Greek freak, you just have him on um on KD, and then you have Kawhi on Clay, and you got to think about it. Kawhi essentially, he took a Spurs team. To be honest with you, they had a 20 point lead in Game One of the Western Conference Finals that year, and then he ended up getting hurt, and that ended. That was pretty much the beginning of the end of his tenure in in San Antonio. So it's like, it's a possibility. Like I can actually see this, see them winning winning a series. I don't, you know, I think even if it was a one game, I think they could beat them in one game. And I think even in the seven game series, they can they can beat them. Yeah, they definitely can. Because you know, Clay Thompson is Clay Thompson can be slowed down, especially by Kawhi Leonard because he got he get the 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 big hands and the length to be able to guard him. And Giannis and Durant pretty much the same build type. So he gets the length to guard Durant. So it would definitely be an easy matchup. Yeah, I think so too. And so um, any, like any snubs for as far as the starters? So you think they, they, they um, did they get it right? No, uh, I said the top snub is um, Anthony Davis. You know, they oh, yeah, was, definitely yeah. Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm talking about in the East. What about in the East? Oh, the Eastern Conference? Um, well, I say the Eastern Conference really don't have no snub because John Wall has season in the heel surgery. So, and uh, Victor Oladipo has season in the surgery. So I say, I say Ben Simmons or Bradley Beal kind of deserve to get selected to the All-Star game because they have great seasons. Yeah, I look at that. I think Bradley Beal, he'll make it. Ben Simmons, I think he should make it. The, I think the one I think is going to be the really question mark, like the fringe one, Jimmy Butler. 
I don't like to me. I don't know if people are gonna consider the fact that he played in the West for 18 games. I don't know if they're gonna, um, you know, if they're gonna look at that from that perspective. You know, as far as should he make the All Star team, I think he should. Um, you know, I think should really make the team. Um, D'Angelo Russell. He's been quite like he's like really really has been quietly doing his thing in Brooklyn. And of course, Brooklyn, I think he's. I think currently they're like six in the East. So to me, he's like he's a part of their resurgence. Um, yeah, the Lakers should never trade him. <laughs> I know, right? I know, and that's the sad thing about it. Like a lot of those guys, you think, because I mean, they were really building a core then, you know, and and that's the thing about it. Like, and and that's the weird thing about like you know going back to we were talking about with the Andy Davis trade, where it's almost like. You you start developing these nice young cores and then you kind of just you you throw it away not throw it away but you trade it away where it's like you know and, and like and that, and I'm glad he actually got that that start that he really needed that fresh start in Brooklyn so it it works in his favor but yeah he should have he he should have been the one that actually would that should have stayed and I understand yeah the circumstances and what have you but. You know those type of things. It's now it's like it's, we we forgot about it, so it's almost like it's you know we forgot about it, and that's the good thing about it where you know he's kind of rewriting his narrative because you know at one time we were all like oh man you know you don't want that kind of guy around you and so you know it's it's a good thing that he you know he did his thing and he you know he's there. Um, another guy who I think. I don't know if he's another question mark, Chris Middleton. I don't know. Like to me, he's had a very he's he had a better year last year, but even in this year, and you're looking at coupled with the fact that they got the best rec one of the best records in the Eastern Conference, like can can he be, you know, can he be an all star? So, um and another fringe guy I think might be is Cal Lowry. I don't I'm not it's a part of me is like, do I? It's it's one of those things where it's like we're gonna have some definitely some snubs in the East where you're like, okay, well they were always always on the fringe anyway. So I think I really think the the fringe ones where I think it can go in either direction is going to be D'Angelo Russell, Chris Middleton, and Cal Lowry, and possibly Jimmy Butler. I think even though I think Jimmy Butler is going to make it, but I think I don't know how people are going to. How they're gonna, you know, as far as him switching conference, you know, eight, you know, eighteen, eighteen games in. So I don't know if that's gonna, you know, because I think this is a rare case where a guy getting traded in that in this type of in this type of way where it was like, you know, kind of unceremonious and it was kind of like a little vitriol behind the trade and everything that it was like a bad divorce in Minnesota, and then coming to to Philadelphia where. It wasn't the best transition. I mean, as far as the whole him and Brent Brown having issues, so it's gonna be interesting. Well, yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting. Now, now in the West, now of course the starters were named: um, James Harden, um, Steph Curry, LeBron, KD, and Paul George. Now, like you said, maybe AD. But that's the weird thing about it all. You put in AD because AD is putting up fantastic numbers, but then we really can't ignore what Paul George is doing. And yeah, and, and, and and it's weird because even on this list, it's almost like who do you take out? And it's part of me is like you take out LeBron because of the injury, but then in the same token. LeBron, up until that point, was playing MVP like basketball. So it's like it's so like the West was just so tough, and it's almost like it was like somebody had to be left off the starters. Yeah, I mean, if LeBron is still hurt, then they should have just put Anthony Davis on the team. Which, and I think he'll be back. I think he's gonna be back this week because I think. He's. I think he's practicing at full, um, full speed practice. So I think he'll be back. He gonna be back very soon. So I would not be surprised if he if he not back on um, Saturday when they play the Warriors. They play the Warriors Saturday night. 
I would not be surprised yeah. if he he should play. I hope he I hope I hope he can get back and play that game. Yeah, be back to playing four corners, high pick and roll offense. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, haters gonna hate. <laughs> hey, I'm but, hating. Hell yeah. So now, who like in the course the reserves will be named tomorrow? So who, so who you think in on the West? You think is going to um, who you think is going to make it in, and then some some fringe guys who you think might be in and out. Uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, I say who else? Give me one second. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Anthony uh, Davis should at least make the reserves. Yeah. Nicole Jokic, he should at least make it. He's been playing good. Uh, <sighs> Clay Thompson or Clay Thompson should make the reserves. Doing uh, more research. What about uh, uh, who's got on your, your end? You know, I, I got I got AD Jokic, I got Dame, Clay, and Russ. My and of course I'm I'm who I think is not who is going to be on the fringe. A part of me is like I I, I say he's going to make it, but if we find out tomorrow he won't make it, I would not be surprised. He'd still be probably the biggest snub of all time. Well, not all time, but just okay. this year. I still I think Carl Anthony Towns is going to make it. I think you can't ignore him. He's putting up all-star numbers. I think he's averaging over 22 points a game and, like, 13 rebounds. So it's like that. I think it's all. And then I think the, the two guys who I've been kind of torn on, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, both of them, I'm like, ugh, like – both of them are an integral part of this of the Spurs' success because, of course, they start off a little slow and now they, you know, they've picked up pace. And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be either one, either or either or with them. Either the Rosen gonna make it or the Rosen, either either the Rosen or Aldridge will make it. So my money is probably gonna be Demar Rosen. Yeah. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting how that's gonna pan out. Like because to me, it can go either way. Yeah, definitely, definitely can go either way because it's been kind of tough to not put uh, Russell Westbrook on the uh, Western Conference. Off, oh yeah, uh, that's right. Because yeah, we put Russ. Yeah, Russ is in there. Because I mean, yeah. and plus. He's missing. Uh, Can't forget about him. Yeah, I think that's what I think. He's I think he's gonna make it. But he's he's one of those like he might be like, you know, he's he's gonna be I think he's gonna make it. There's a lot of people saying there's a possibility. I'm like I still think it's a good he has a good shot of making it. I mean, he's putting up good numbers. I mean, to me, if you're putting up twenty two and thirteen thus far, like you you know, you're you're an all star. In, 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 regardless of the year, yeah, because it's it's not his fault his team losing. I mean, he's putting up his yeah. numbers. It's the supporting cast that haven't really showed up. Yeah, and it's just, and it's just Minnesota, and then like this, you know, the whole thing was just you know the Jimmy Jimmy Butler fiasco, and then just the the coach um firing the coach Tibbs, and it's just like you know it's just. I mean, it just happens, but you know, like you, like I said, those numbers you just can't, you know, you just can't, you know, deny it. Even though he's on, like you said, on a losing team, but hey, sometimes there's exceptions to rules. Yep. But yeah, he's got to make it. To me, in my personal opinion. But yeah, I think it's going. It's, I think the, the ultimate is going to be either. I think the ones that's on the borderline is going to be Demar Rosen and Aldridge. Straight up, one of them gonna make it, and one gonna get gonna get left. Yeah. It yeah. The Rod Rose filled in shoes for Kawhi Leonard. That was some big shoes to fill. Right. 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 And the same thing. And, and it's funny how both of them have 
have have done a great job re- replacing the you know the the, the uh, you know replacing each other because DeMar Rosen even to his credit he's he's a leading scorer in Toronto Raptors history which I just find it amazing you know that he's their all-time leading scorer yeah amazing he just, he just doesn't show up for playoffs he he turned to DeMar DeRozan regular season, DeMar DeFrozen playoffs. <laughs> Facts. And, I, and you're definitely aware of that the last last couple of years. Oh, uh, yeah. Damn near own them in the last last couple of years. Yep. Yeah, so now this, now, this is now, we, we talked about the NBA All-Star game. Now, the Pro Bowl. The, oh my God! The Pro Bowl by this year by far was the worst Pro Bowl I have ever. Twenty six to seven, like come on now, like, right? Pro Bowls ain't supposed to be so low scoring, supposed to be high scoring. They should be trying to actually play no defense and just out having fun. And my thing is, and the weather. I think the weather really played a huge factor in that game. And a part of me is like. How do we change? It's, it's so many different aspects of the Pro Bowl. It's like, okay, we need to change the Pro Bowl. Like, we need to do, we got to do some some things with it. And it's so funny because I look, and it's weird how I looked at the tickets and they dropped. I'm telling you, I think it was between Friday and Sunday. I looked at them because I, I just do stuff like that. And it just dropped. I mean, it even dropped down to like $17 to go to the Pro Bowl. And I think to myself, what's going on? And then, lo and behold, there was a uh, like eighty some percent chance of rain, like going into the game. I said, okay, that explains why it cost seventeen dollars. Now, yeah. I I, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, do we do we play this game? I, like, because a part of me is like, you don't want to really play in a dome. And I know sometimes you just can't control what Mother Nature because, you know. You you just can't. I think, in my personal opinion, like how this should work, and I think it worked. It worked well. Like the last time, I think they should do this. And I know people are gonna hate this idea, but I this is my. I always had this idea in my mind where, so it's like say for instance this year the Super Bowl is played in in Atlanta. So in Atlanta it's a dome stadium. So why not have the gas the 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 Pro Bowlers? play in Atlanta or play in the Super Bowl city. I looked at that type of situation where they just play in, because that happened the last, it happened, huh? Oh, I said nothing. Yeah. So the last time this happened was when in Miami, when they played, when the Saints played the Colts in 2010, where you actually had the Super they had the Pro Bowl, the, you know, they had the Pro Bowl, the same city or the Super Bowl. And I actually like that idea, and I think it was so weird because what what made it so cool was because you had Peyton Manning versus Drew Brees, and it was almost like you know they came onto the field and they were dead the game and what have you. So it was one of those things where it's like it kind of builds it builds up the Super Bowl. I think it really helps the Super Bowl more so than anything. That was my biggest thing. I think if they do it that way, where it's like the Super Bowl is in the Super Bowl city, it can work. Even though I'm not, even though the weather aspect, you can never control the weather, because you know, because it, it like even next year in Miami, that's not a dome, but you know, and it does rain a lot in Southern in 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 in, in Miami a lot, you know, even in that game, which is weird. The Super Bowl was great weather, but then the Super Bowl, it's it rained at halftime. Yeah, I mean, you can't control Mother Nature. But that's definitely a good idea. Have the Pro Bowl in the Super Bowl, same Super Bowl city. That way they can help build anticipation for the Super Bowl. Yeah, because you're looking at just imagine if if and I've had I've talked about this for years where it's like because they're gonna come the, the the teams are gonna arrive in the Super Bowl city on Sunday anyway. So to me, okay, everybody arrives. You know, you get off the plane, you come into you uh, so. Like at halftime or do something almost like to me almost like it'd be like a fight like where it's like you know like this like the weigh in in a sense or the stare down 
you know, have that some some of that type of nature. We had a couple guys who made the Pro Bowl, or even the quarterbacks from the from the perspective conferences. You know, they just get going to feel like halftime or do something. You know, just some type of like some type of little gamemanship or something like that or something of that nature. So I, you know, I think that would be, you know, I think that would be kind of that would add intrigue to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but also they don't play the players that that that's pro bowlers in the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl because they don't want to risk any injuries before the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're not, yeah, you're not. Now nah, the guys ain't gonna play. They just gonna be out. They just gonna be out there in their just their regular gear. Like just imagine seeing the Rams players in their in their in their sweatsuits coming onto the field. And like, oh yeah, they just got off the plane. Oh, they hype, you know. And then you got the the Patriots coming in, really business like. Like, oh man, that'd be so. That would, that, you know, that'd be kind of cool to kind of add to the intrigue of the Super Bowl. Um, other things I didn't like. And this is just little stupid stuff, like the coats. Like, so, why, like, okay, and I understand, like, the Jason, you know, Jason Garrett and Anthony Lynn, respectively, you know, they were the coaches for the for the conferences. So, of course, the, so the players had to wear, like, the AFC players had to wear Chiefs, not Chiefs, but they had to wear um, Chargers jackets and then Cowboy jackets on the NFC side. I'm like, who idea was this? To supply these guys, like why is like I mean, because I, mean, I, I know sometimes people think this is not a big deal, but I thought that was really dumb, like because you know people are gonna pick up on that type of stuff, and it's like okay, Saquon Bar- Barkley's wearing a, a, a Cowboys jacket, Pat Mahomes is wearing a Chargers parka, you know. Yeah, that is pretty stupid. They should have their own team gear on, right? I'm like, you're right. Represent, like you know. Pat Mahomes should have his Chiefs jacket, and Saquon Barkley should have his Giants jacket. Each team right. should have their own team gear on, not not the not the coach of the, right the Pro Bowl coach team. That's that's exactly yeah, right. Because I'm thinking to myself, this is the first time this happened because I guess because a because it rained. Because no, I think I don't think this is probably the first, uh, that I can recall. That they actually had um, precipitation in the forecast for the Pro Bowl, and you know, as far as and it, it was raining like crazy, and that was the most bizarre situation. I'm like, I'm like, why Saquon Barkley got a cowboy? And, and matter of fact, you know, when I first noticed it, Jim Kelly, because Jim Kelly was like an honor, honorary captain for the AFC, and I'm like, why is he wearing a Chargers coat? I'm like. But then, like, you've seen everybody else throughout the game, you know, wearing, you know, prospective coats. Like, even just put a, just a slap on the NFC and the AFC. You ain't even, they ain't, like, even, you don't have to be, per se, team Pacific. But you can be team Pacific, but at least if you do that, if you can't do that, just have, just slap on an AFC or NFC coat. Because it, yeah, it just looks right. crazy. Cause, and, and, right. and I wouldn't say this because this, this, this day and age, we live in social media, stuff could just get, could get twisted. And that's the thing about it. People, people feed off of this type of stuff. Because, like, I, to be honest with you, I, I, I paid it on mine that the Jim Kelly thing, I seen that. I kind of was like, that's kind of weird. But then once you start going on these Facebook groups I'm in and you're looking at, like, people like, why, you know, and I'm like, man, all y'all doing is just stirring up stupid stuff. And I'm like, you know, and, and it is like a ball of wax, but when there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. And, like, to me, this it's, it can be a little troublesome. Because we get on yeah. gas, like, yeah, because we, like we, like we got on LeBron about wearing a, wearing a Yankees, cat, Yankees hat at, a, at an Indians game. And we see why. And it's like... It's just so disrespectful. But the Pro Bowl, to be honest with you, I never watched the Pro Bowl. It has, it's been going downhill ever since they put it in Orlando instead of Hawaii. I think the league did that just so they could save money. So they right. feel like, well, it's cheaper, it's cheaper for them to fly to Orlando than it is to fly to Hawaii. And the weird thing about it... And to me, I'm giving them a cost cost effective way because you think about it, because you gonna have to fly. Well, I don't know they well, they wouldn't have to fly them to Atlanta, but they're still they would they would be there. Whereas like you know 
even though their flights probably not going to be on their dime, like going to Atlanta. But, you know, he's already there. Like, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's very interesting, like how, like you said, oh, yeah, they definitely want to save money not, not going to Hawaii because, you know, and that's understandably so because Hawaii is a little expensive, <laughs> to, say, to say the least. And, like, to me, especially, in the, in, and that's why, like, even what's weird about that is you have an Orlando that's fine, but you're already going to be in cities where there's going to be nice weather anyway. Like, why not, like, like we said, Miami's up next. And then L.A. is next in 2021. So it's like, I, why would I want to play in Orlando and I can, like, like next year, like next year is a perfect example. Okay, so I'm going to play a Pro Bowl in Orlando, and, but then the game is in Miami. And the same thing, the same thing and vice versa. And when you look at even in 2021, I'd rather play in, in L.A. In, this, in a new brand new stadium in 2021 there. So it's right. like... I like I I don't understand like is this you know it ain't like a tropical oasis or what have you so it's like yeah, I mean it's just a little stupid to me in my personal opinion so yeah they just they just trying to save money that's all that's what they care about saving money yeah a very a very cost effective way to make sure that our 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 NFL players are are celebrated in that kind of way. Now the quality of play. Now he said, you didn't, to me, when I watched it, it was. I mean, as it's weird. Like with football, it's the most bizarre thing because, like in the NBA, it's cool not to play defense, but like you know, like because you know in the NBA, outside we see games, and it was starting to get ridiculous. Even like, and I think about the point of when this was in 2017. It was. Um, Giannis was on a breakaway, and it was him and Steph Curry, and Steph Curry pretty much, like, plopped down on the floor and just let him just dunk, which I thought that was really ridiculous. And honestly, that's how the Pro Bowl was this year, where it was the weirdest thing is, like, certain things happen, and you're like, they just basically, and, and what was weird was when Jamal Adams sat Mitch Brisky, everybody was like, what the hell is he doing? You know, like, it was, like, such a bad thing. And this is like, to me, because football is a lot different, because I think even when you play that type of way, I think you, you, your chances of getting hurt are probably a little bit more, a little bit, you, you have more of a, a greater chance of getting hurt when you're not playing at, 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 the, at the, you know, when you're not playing 100%, because it's kind of weird. Like, especially in this type of case where you got some people going 75%, some people going 50%, and then, like, a guy like a Jamal Adams is going 100%. And it's kind of like it's, it's, it's weird. Like, to me, it's almost like the Pro Bowl is, like, it's, it's, it's strange, like, how that how it's almost like in most sports, it would be kind of cool to kind of have that type of situation. And it's like even, like, a, I think more so it should be, to me, I think it'd be more like an induce of a like a like a flag. You think? Do you think they should go like the flag? When you think about it, I don't even know that. that sounds kind of crazy, but to me, if you kind of half-ass no defense, you might as well play flag. Right. Yeah. Right. You might as well play flag football that way and prevent injuries. And that's the weird thing about it all, like because two guys got injured. Um, Juju got hurt, and also um, Keenan Allen got hurt. They both had knee contusions, and I'm like, and and that's another thing where it's like, to me, from that standpoint, I'd rather be more proactive than reactive because it could be a guy one day that could be on a contract year, plays in the Pro Bowl, and can and can probably and and, and, and can get hurt significantly. You know, so it's like it's weird because, like, you know, especially now nowadays, people are getting hurt off of non-contact injuries. You know, and it's yeah. weird, and you know, it's weird, like, especially in football, where it's like we we've seen this happen before, where guys just get hurt out the blue compared to you know NBA, where you know some things happen, you know, you can still get hurt in the NBA, but it's a little bit more, your, your likelihood of getting injured more is in football than in basketball. So it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. So, you know, it's weird. 
I think all of it just it, it was just weird. And then the Jason Jason Witten fiasco, where he basically broke the trophy, where he held it wrong. Because you can't hold it, you got you can't hold it from from that position. You got to hold it from the base. So right, it's one of the things where it's like I can't even say it's on them. It's on him. Like he should have just grabbed it from there. Because you can't. I mean, why would you grab it like that? Like you have to grab it from the base. So it's it's, it's just goof. It's just goofiness. Right. Right. But so my thing is, if those things don't happen, I'm like to me, you might as well. To me, I wouldn't mind if there's no Pro Bowl. To be honest with you, like to me, I mean, I, they'll do it because they're still ratings. It's the weirdest thing, because I think even the Pro Bowl, they have better rankings than some NBA games, like important NBA games, like in certain, in certain playoff games, which is very bizarre. So I'm just like, it's weird, like, it's bizarre, but I like, to me, the product is so, like, diluted. I don't, it's just, I don't yeah. know, part of me uh, is like. I think, yeah. I think they should just get rid of Pro Bowl, period, like you said. Prevent injuries, prevent uh, stuff like that happening, just get away with, just get rid of the Pro Bowl and just basically just, just cut chase to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I think, and I think, and what that does, like you saying that, and then, and I've talked about this for years too, where a lot of guys, I'm not gonna say like that are deserving of it, but a lot of guys are gonna make the Pro Bowl based on the simple fact that, you know, like like in this case, most of the teams, you know, like because you know the Rams would have been representing the Pro Bowl, of course they're not gonna, you know, play in the Pro Bowl, and also with the Patriots, where it's like. So to me, you're gonna have guys that's gonna make the Pro Bowl. And you're gonna be like, okay, do he really deserve it? And it's just like, I think it should be a situation where it's like we treat it like it's an All Pro award, where it's like, okay, well you made the Pro Bowl, even though you know, like it it just should be should just be a recognition. You made the Pro Bowl, like right. as, you know, like like you made All Pro, you made you made the Pro Bowl, it's you know. So yeah, I I think they should. I think they should. If they if they do those little slight little tweaks that we talked about, keep it. But then if you not if, if you can still have the same product like you did on Sunday, you might as well just get rid of it. Right. You might as well just get rid of it. That way, say the headache is going to Orlando, and pretty much just announce, okay, these are the best players for each position this year, and pretty much just call the day. Like, all right, first turn, first team defense, you first team offense. So it's kind of like the NBA. Yep. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, and you make it like that, where it's like NFL all, you know, something like that. I mean, you know, rename it or what have you. And plus, I yeah, think in this, in a, this, yeah. Make an all NFL team, like you said, all NFL uh, positions for AFC, all these offense for NFC, vice versa. Yeah, and I think it was, and then I think it really sucks too. And I, and then go, and I'll go back to my point earlier, where I think you should have, in a sense, the Super Bowl, like it, this should lead up into the Super Bowl in the same city, where like if you have, like if you're a fan, and and you know, and I'm not trying to, and you think about it, you can still kind of have a type of experience, and without go, you can just imagine being able to go to Pro Bowl in Atlanta and kind of soak up the environment in Atlanta. And you may not be able to afford to go to the to the to the Super Bowl, but you can afford to go to something like the Pro Bowl. You can go to certain events, certain things that are going on in that in, in, in that Super Bowl city. So this, you know, and that's a great way to kind of kick it off because think look at it now how things are really super, they they count as Super Bowl weekend. You know, when they look at it from the from the scheme point, where a lot of people like now people are coming into Atlanta versus now. Yeah, people come in on Sunday. I know some people are there on Sunday, but make it like a really a whole week event for that for that particular yeah, city. Yeah, make it yeah, make it a whole week event. What they should do is they should they should have a Pro Bowl that Saturday before the Super Bowl, and that Friday they should have like the old retired players, kind of like kind of like how the uh, All Star Games festivities of the NBA 
had like the old NFL quarterbacks throw to new current wide receivers. Oh, yeah. Like kind of a flag football setting. Like, yeah. Yeah, it had like, him. Had like, had like Peyton Manning, Jim Kelly, you know what I'm saying? The, the old players kind of like play pitch and catch with the new players. But yeah. Something like that. Yeah, just imagine like Peyton Manning getting the pass from like Odell. Or or, or getting the pass um Jim Kelly throwing it to to Juice Landry. Yeah. Yeah, man. So they should, they should do it like that. Or even or have it, that, or vice versa. Have that, have that game on Friday and have the Pro Bowl on Saturday, then that have a ticket face on Sunday. Like you said, everybody can't afford to go Super Bowl. Those tickets are too expensive. Yeah, because I looked the other day, right? Because they said they dropped a thousand dollars. The things are still thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah. I was like, like hold on. I I'm thinking to myself, damn, I ain't think, I like, I'll be paying more, more for the game than actually going to Atlanta. You can, you can, right. you can, you can stay in Atlanta. You can stay in Atlanta for a week and fly out there, and it won't even be three thousand dollars. Right. Thanks. That's how I like. That's so weird to me. I'm like, but you know, it is what it is. Well, Super Bowl always be expensive because that's the biggest game in the year. Yeah, and then of course, yeah, it's always gonna be the biggest game, and of course, oh yeah, it's always gonna be there. And then I just, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I'm probably gonna end up looking up probably Friday to see how much it, it dipped down again, because I'm like, it's just interesting. And plus, LA really doesn't have a fan base. Fan base. So that kind of helps too, where you know, because you know a lot of people, you know. So who's to say with that? So now let's let's get into our NFL awards. So um, who is your MVP this year? MVP. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. For defense or offense? Uh, um, MVP just in general. MVP of the league. Oh man, I would say I would have to say I would say Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Oh, well, you don't agree with that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh no, I'm gonna go with Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Pat Mahomes. You know, fifty fifty touchdowns. That was that was an amazing year that he had this year. All right. So who is your offensive? Yeah. Who who is your offensive player of the year? Um, I would have to say Pat Mahomes. Okay. So we flip flopped on that one. That's cool. All right. Um, defensive player. Oh, oh yeah, my my uh, offensive player, Drew Brees. Um, defensive player of the year. Um, I would have to say, ooh, that's a good one, Khalil Mack. Okay. Khalil Mack. He made a big difference with the Chicago Chicago defense. I mean, Chicago defense is good. But he yeah, made, he put them over the top. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say Aaron Donald. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good pick. I think yeah, 20 sacks this season. I'm like, and of course the resurgence of the Rams. You know they, you know, well, you know he's been a part of that resurgence of the Rams for quite some time for the last two years. So I, I yeah, um, it's gotta be it's gotta be him. In my my personal opinion, coach of the year. Coach of the year, I would say Sean McVay. Okay. Um, I got a cross between two. Um, I got Frank Wright and honorable mention Matt Nagy. Yes. But I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with Frank Wright. I think it's in the fact that this team started one and five, 
and then for them to to make it to the playoffs is you know is is nothing short of a miracle at this point. Definitely, definitely, that's definitely a good pick. Um, I say rookie. I say offensive rookie of the year, Baker Mayfield. We are, and we know that. You already know I was gonna say that. And defensive rookie of the year, I think uh, Derwin James for San Diego Chargers. L.A. L.A. Chargers. Yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting, man. Yeah. Um. San Diego. I hate to say this. Mine is Lee Vanderbush from Dallas. He bought this year. Oh yeah, he he definitely bought out. Yeah. Now, um, your your comeback player. Comeback player. Hmm. That's a good. That's a, that's a tough one. Oh, uh, comeback player. Who had a good comeback season? You got to come back to me on that one. Um, Matt's Andrew Luck. Yeah. And, and he, he really made me eat, eat my words this time last year because, to me, I didn't think he was going to come back, especially at this type of, in, this, in this type of way. I figured, you know, I knew about the shoulder injury, and a lot of people were saying that his shoulder, it, he was done, basically, that, you know, if he has another surgery, his career is over, the severity of the shoulder was so bad, and for him to, you know, I'm damn near almost an MVP candidate. If you really eliminated Pat Mahomes and Breeze, I mean, he had another. He had a, an MVP type of season. So to me, it's Andrew Luck. I have to agree with you. Okay. Yep. Let's get into. Let's talk. Let's now, of course, we're talking about the main event now. Of course, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Three, where we got the L.A. Rams versus the New England Patriots. First off, uh, what is the matchup that you're looking forward to in this um, in 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 the Super Bowl? I say Marcus Peters and Julian Edmonds. Can Marcus Peters slow out Julian Edmonds? And who can who could who can pretty much slow him down between Khalid and Marcus Peters and Aaron Donald versus the New England offensive line? Yeah, um, I think the the one of the uh, the one with the most intrigue it's going to be it's going to be both the defensive lines against each other's run game. Of course, we're going to talk about the uh, you know very curious how the Rams defensive line are going to you know going to what they're going to do against a guy like uh, um, Sonny Michelle and also with James White. So it's like it's very interesting how they can combat that. And then considering the fact what the New England defense is going to face with Todd Gurley, and I think you're going to get a heavy dose of C.J. Anderson, which I know a lot of people say that they don't think it's going to happen, but I still think we still got to you know, question um, Todd Gurley's health, if he's going to be available and he's going to be at 100%. So I still see you're, gonna, you're still going to see C.J. Anderson. Um, and I think just the way Phillips in this, you know, in his defense against, you know, the New England Patriots offense, where it's like, and we talked about this, you know, pre-show, where it's like he got to understand uh, Wade Phillips was a part of that 2015 Denver Bronco defense that pretty much shut Tom Brady out in the AFC Championship game, thus, you know, on their way to win the Super Bowl that year. And you're looking at, you know, and we said, you know, and – this team, I'm going to say they're like the Denver Broncos, but they're a lot better. They have a lot more pieces. He didn't have a a vicious pass, you know, pass rushes like he you know, like he had in Denver. So like he has a better supporting cast here in LA than he did in Denver. So um, you know, that's going to be the very very interesting um, you know, fact factor when it comes to that. Now, who is your um who's your X factor? My factor is for New England is going to be uh, the New England defensive line. Can they slow down the St. Louis Ram run, run game? Okay. Um, my biggest X factor, um, I guess, what we say with the Patriots, I think it's going to be Julian Edelman 
Um, I think for you know for that particular reason, and then on the defense on uh, for the Rams, I look at a, a, a former Patriot and a, a Keith Tlaib. Um, I think that's probably one of the biggest things I, I'm very interested in of seeing what what he's going to be able to do. Um, you know, he has a little little bit of familiarity with him, and also and Brandon Brandon um, Cooks. Another guy who I think, you know, last year, you know, of course he was with the uh, Patriots last year. Another, you know, these two former Patriots, I think they, you know, I don't know if they, you know, have a little, in, they're going to have a little intel on the Patriots in a sense. So it kind of add a little intrigue to it. Um, so, yeah, that's my that's my thing. I think it's going to be either one of those. And just your, and what's your overall thoughts of just this matchup and just how you just think the game is going to play out and what have you? Um, I think it's gonna be a tight game. It's definitely gonna be a close game. It's gonna the point spread is negative two, so it probably can go down come down to a field goal to win the game. Yeah. Um this is yeah, it's gonna be a very interesting matchup. And it's weird like how all of this is weird like how the storylines in this matchup is just I think it's just fascinating because this would you know on Sunday this would be the 17 year anniversary of the last time that these two teams played and that was basically the beginning of the of the Patriots dynasty and then you're thinking to yourself now and we keep on writing this Patriots out team like is this the last run and how it would be funny how this is kind of like the bookend of how like the beginning you have started against the Rams, and is it going to end against the Rams? Like, is this going to be the last time we see this team in the Super Bowl? You know, you look, you those type of things creep in your mind. And then the last time the Rams, and it's weird how the Rams, last time the Rams won a Super Bowl in 99, it was in Atlanta, and it was one of those type of things where it was kind of a, a it was weird how, how all this plays out because the Rams of 99 kind of remind me similar to this team, not in the sense of how like schematic or whatever, but we got to remember this Rams team in the nineties, they was like, we almost damn near considered them the worst team of the nineties. And considering the fact having that last good couple of years in the late nineties. And, you know, this was supposed to be one of the worst teams in, in, you know, in the NFL in, in that decade. And you fast forward to now, well, you got to think about this team. This team was terrible, even dating back to St. Louis. Um, the last couple of years, you know, you're looking at Jeff Fisher. We got to a point where we looked at Jared Goff as a bust, even after one year. Like we, you know, people were questioning why in the hell did the Rams trade up to get this guy? Then you move to L.A. Then you know you move you move to L.A. And then you and then you bring in a guy in the, um and Sean McVay who basically turned the franchise around in a matter of two years and now we're here in the Super Bowl and now they're there in the Super Bowl, so it's a lot of it. It's just it's interesting how this plays out and then you got the youth versus experience where you got a 66 year old head coach and Bill Belichick going against the 33 year old quarterback and the, well not, well he was a former quarterback but a 33 year old. Um, head coach, when what's interesting about that, you know, guy in Sean McVay, who actually, and it was weird because he was a Georgia player of the year. He, he, out, he beat Calvin Johnson out for player of the year in 2003. And you got to think yourself, he's in a sense kind of coming back home to Georgia. And, and the funny thing about that is, when we talked about the last time when the Rams played the Titans in 1999 in Atlanta, Sean McVay was there as a 14-year-old spectator. So all this is just very, very interesting, like how, how these different storylines that are playing out. And it's just, I just think it's just very, it's going to be very fun, very fun game. I think it's going to be one of the type of games, like you said, it's going to be close. I don't think you're going to, we're not going to see a blowout. We're not going to see nothing crazy. I think we're just going to see two teams slugging it out almost like, it's going to be like a 12-round fight. They're going to duke it out, and it's going to probably be, it's probably going to come down to the last possession. And, you know, it's just one of the things where it's just going to be interesting as, you know, as far as what's going to happen. Like, you look at a guy like a Jerry Goff, 24 years old. You know, he played fantastic in the NFC Championship game. He played wise beyond his years. 
if you're going to have another performance like that and you're playing a guy similar, well, not similar, but you you know, you played last week against Drew Brees and the Saints. Now you're playing the Patriots and a 41-year-old quarterback in Tom Brady. So it's like, what Jared Goff are we going to get? Are we going to get the Jared Goff of, of two weeks ago? Or are we going to get, you know, you know, so, you know, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a close game. So, prediction time. So, who you got winning? Um, I got the Patriots winning 27 to 24. And who was your Super Bowl MVP? Tom Brady. Okay. And I have the Patriots, too. Actually, I got it a little bit, uh, well, a little bit more points. I got the Patriots winning 42 to 39. And the MVP will be Sonny Michelle. And we also forgot to touch on another storyline, the McCourty twins. Um, of course, you know, you had um, Devin and Jason, right? Uh-huh. And Jason played for Cleveland last year, didn't he? No, not last year, the year before. Year before, yeah, yeah, two years, yeah, yeah. That's right, yeah, that's right. He's part of the 16 team. Yeah, 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 last year. That was last year. Yeah, that was last year. But, um, yeah, so, and I I do think we're going to get an overtime game. So, of course, I think we'll be getting some free Buffalo Wild Wings on February the 18th. So, you know, I think it's going to be overtime. So, right, right. And I think it'd Buffalo be overtime. Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, overtime wings. Facts. And um, okay. Um, all right. So, um, we'll put a bow on this week's show. So first off, um, game ball. Who gets this week's game ball for you? Um, I say Buffalo Wild Wings again, <laughs> just in case Super Bowl goes to overtime, get those free wings. Yeah. And and game ball goes to this Buffalo Chicken Dip on the bank off Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my my game ball this week's gotta go to Brandon Cooks. Um definitely huge shout out to Brandon Cooks who actually he um he gave the uh the Rams custodian and his son um basically tickets to the Super Bowl and pretty much accommodations as well. So definitely huge shout out to Brandon Cooks. Doing his thing. Oh yeah, so, yeah. I read, I read about that too. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought that was too. yeah, that yeah. was real nice of him. Yeah, and I and I and I was like, that's a good, that's a nice gesture, you know, considering the fact, you know, especially when you're working for that organization, and then you know, because you know, because a lot of people forget those are the people that get left behind. You know, you know, because you're thinking, oh yeah, the Rams making the Super Bowl, they're taking everybody with them. And then you're taking, a, you know, most of the guys who, who we think are going don't go. And then the yeah, guy, like the you higher, know. The higher ups get to go. Like the, the uh, you know, of course, the GM, the yeah. owner, the president, the uh, the secretary, the the uh, the person that the deals, the equipment manager, you know, all the coordinators, family members, you know, friends, yeah. they, they all get to go. Right. But the, the small people that, that you know, take out the trash, the cooks, and you know all that stuff. The water boys, a lot of them getting left out. So yeah, for cooks for that. And, and and they do, and 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 the crazy thing about that, they do definitely play an integral part in the success of the team. You know, because you know you got to think about it. You know, he, you know, when you look, when we think about a custodian, they basically clean the facility where it's like, because you know. It ain't like Tampa Bay where people's getting mercy and stuff. You know, sometimes you can, you can screw it up. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. people, you know, they be having mercy in the locker room and all the type of stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, it happens. It's real. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep the you gotta keep the uh, locker room clean. Yep. Players keep it. getting infections and stuff. And right. Keep it, keep it clean. Yeah, so um, your final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts is, man, 
Just stay warm. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Make sure you get those hors d'oeuvres ready. Make sure you get them beans. <laughs> Damn. I was not ready for that. Damn, I was not ready for the beans. <laughs> get ready for that bean dip with that cheese. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So, so where can they find you on social media, Bill? Um, social media is Instagram, 4KKing underscore, underscore 4KKing. Um, social media, Facebook, Lamar Spencer. You know, you can follow me on Facebook. And, you know, that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, you can follow the show or any of your favorite social medias under Couch Coach Live. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Couch Coach Live. Yeah, man, for Bear, for Coach, man, this is Couch Coach Live, man. We'll see you guys next week. We out. Europe.